Hey everyone, welcome to This Is Not A Podcast. My name is Bobby Hundreds, and I swore I would never make a podcast. As the co-founder of The Hundreds, a men's streetwear brand that's been selling worldwide for over 16 years, I figured, is there anything left for me to say? But here we are. After publishing my first memoir and reflecting on my own experiences of building a business, my personal and financial struggles and successes, I realized there was more to talk about, maybe not just from my perspective. The best part is, I still get to say, I don't have a podcast. This is just a curious audio thing where you get to meet cool, interesting people. You're listening to This Is Not A Podcast. I'm excited to introduce my next guest, Wale. That's right, the rapper Wale is here, on the verge of a new album, and sitting on a legacy of work that goes back over a decade now. And the reason why I'm excited is because I haven't seen Wale in years. He's an old friend of our brand, The Hundreds. In fact, early on in both of our beginnings, he used to hang out in our offices. We used to dress him head to toe when he first moved out to LA from DC. But as most of you know, Wale didn't last long in the underground circuit because the mainstream music world and producer Mark Ronson pounced on him. And before we all knew it and could process what was happening, Wale became a certified rap star. The end of the day, you, you, that's, that's, that's law. Like, you, that's gospel. You got to do the work. You got to just tunnel vision and just go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. As cliche as that sound. As Wale's music flourished, he was also gaining attention for his bold opinions. Although highly regarded by critics and fans alike, Wale has also painted a portrait of being misunderstood, making what many have considered as controversial remarks about the industry and culture itself in interviews and his personal Twitter. Yet it's this antagonistic nature that, in my opinion, has carved Wale's niche in this world. So I don't really think about trying to be different. I'm just... I'm not scared to be, though. In chapter 18 of my book, entitled Fight Back, I recount anecdotes from my life where I was counted out. I then challenged power by fighting my way against bullies, the system, and business adversity. And that, in many ways, has defined the hundreds' values today. Wale is forever that scrappy underdog to me. It's an attitude and spirit that doesn't fade with success and fame. In fact, it's quite the opposite. For the fighters like Wale, there's still plenty left on the table to prove. So today I'm sitting with Wale, yes, a yes, very sir. old friend yes, sir. in the game. Yes, sir. But it's been years since I feel like I've seen you. It's been a while. It's been a while. Where you been? I've been laying low, man. I just been laying low. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. I just be laying low. You be hard to reach too, though. Yeah, I am. Yeah, you're not around. You ain't. You don't just be out on Fairfax no more. No, that's yeah. why I think that's what it was. It yeah. Was like those were the days where we were just available. Outside. Yeah, everybody was outside. You were really one of the early guys, especially from the music mm-hmm. industry, coming into streetwear and taking note of what we were doing. So, right. like, what was it about this culture and the scene in Fairfax and the hundreds and brands like ours that caught your interest? Uh, I mean, I just think we just had a common goal. We was all on the come up. We was all yeah. just kids on the come up, and you guys embraced me. Like I'm like, damn, I'm from all the way the other side of the country, and y'all let me in the warehouse, and you know, just <laughs> like we just all had that hunger. We was all just trying to get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I fed off that. Y'all fed off that. And you know, my manager lived out here. Shout out to Dan Wiseman. Dan Wiseman. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So. uh 
he lived out here. So um, and, and y'all the first people in LA to embrace me. Um, yeah. You know, I was always into the sneaker culture back home, and it was and the sneaker culture was a completely different place ten years ago. You know what I'm saying? But it was can like, you describe what it was like? It was an underworld. Years ago? It was a real. It was a true subculture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's very very mainstream now. It's like the most mainstream thing now. It's just what you wear now. It's almost like yeah, a uniform. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like okay, like. You know, such and such has a pair of off-white. Uh, now they're officially a sneakerhead. Like it wasn't like that before. It was about hunting. About it was about sample, going to the sample sales. It was about you know coming up on something in in a in a, in a clearance rack somewhere. That's you know what I'm saying. Getting some Co JPs somewhere or yeah. some 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 joints from the skate shop that was like Jordans to you. You know what I'm saying? And nobody yeah. knew what you know. It was about that underworld and stuff like that. It's, a little different now, though. You were saying that back then, sneaker culture and streetwear was more of like an underground subculture. Mm -hmm. And do you think there's an equivalent for that today with the kids? Like, what what is that? It's not in streetwear and sneaker. I have culture no idea, bro. Because so like, like, everything is, it, is mainstream. It's like one world. It's one. It's one language. It's one. It's one slang. You know, you can yeah. in L.A. They talk about some no cap. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In in 2000, it probably have just been no cap in this region right here, and then they would have had their own thing in L.A. You know, they saying no cap in Nigeria. You know what I'm saying? So that's just an idea of how it's just one world now. One, one fashion. One okay. These these people wear this. This this crowd wears this, and this is what yeah. they like. It's just one, it, and that and it kind of fused into that like the past three four years. So, sorry, uh, going back on like how you how you help differentiate who you are, your identity, your music, your art, your style these days. Like, what do you reflect on? Like, what's inspiring that? What's informing that? Uh, um, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I, I just, I don't think anything's ever changed. I just always kind of just did what I want and wore what I want and never really been into what, like, was hot, what's going on. Like, you know, being comfortable, being, being what I think looks good is what I'm going to put on. Yeah. And I just kind of carry it like that with music and everything. What, what I, with the songs I like, how I, how I hear this sound, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Yeah. What, what have you been listening to lately? <sighs> Uh, a lot of <laughs> Jodeci, Mary J. Blige, like a lot of '90s. Yeah. Um, pop. I've been listening to a lot of like obscure pop though. Um, uh, why pop? I don't know. I just cha it just changes from month to month. Mm -hmm. It just changes. Some it could be a whole month. I just be listening to Chicago music, Crucial Conflict, The Little Dirk, yeah. Man, Memphis. You know what I'm saying? Yo, Gotti, Three Six Mafia, all that. Like it just it changes. It just whenever I get on something. I'm on it. Can you just catch me up on the last 10 years of what's been going on in your, in your life, in your career? Yeah. And like, how, how would you, I mean, I know what it looked like from the outside, but in your mind, what did that look like? Just been um, hustling and grinding, man, trying to get to that next level in my career. Drop, what do you drop, feel like? Drop, drop six albums, oh, five albums on my sixth one. Yeah. Three, three compilations, about 12 mixtapes. So, you, you know, have I've another, been busy. You have another album coming, right? <laughs> yeah. Next album coming uh, in the fall. So, What's that about? Can't really say. Wow, really? Not even like a little yeah, because, teaser? Yeah, because you know, this era is like, everything is like built on like surprise. Like nobody likes to know too much about something before it drops. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll, they'll subconsciously think they already heard it or seen it before. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. And then they'll feel like yeah, it's old it's to old them. It's old to them, exactly. Or like, I've seen this before. Yeah, and it's just because you've heard too much about it before you dropped it. You were saying earlier that um, you don't, like to do a lot of interviews and podcasts? Yeah. Nah. Why? I don't know. So you'll never host your own podcast? Uh, it's unlikely. 
not, it's not like that. But I feel like you have so much insight and, and like wisdom that you could share. A lot of people said that, but I don't know. I, I probably end up getting myself in trouble if I had to be doing this every day. So I'll probably say something I shouldn't say. Like what? I feel like sometimes <laughs> you say it on Twitter anyways. Nah, I, at least I, I, I got to check a second to proofread it and be like, ah, maybe I shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? What gets I, you into the most trouble? What gets me in the most trouble probably uh, going down to a negative person's uh, comment and addressing it. You know, no matter how I address it, they be like, "Why are you even acknowledging it?" And why? I, are, why do you acknowledge it? I mean, it's just conversation. Yeah, it's just conversation. To me, it's just conversation. Like you don't take it as you're being threatened by it. Nah, you're just actually just just, like, you're yo, actually like, responding like, to that. Yeah, person. Yeah, just the same way you know. I just be like, like, I'm, or I could just be trying to break it down in my mind. Like, where does this come from? Is it, is it, is it hold any weight? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, yeah. it, is there something that you know what I'm saying? I, I process it, you know. But I think like I don't know about for you, but for most of the time, like when I feel like I get a lot of that heat coming my direction, it's always they're just trying to establish some type of connection. Connection, with me. yeah. It's like right? it's that too. But sometimes right. when you, I mean, it, I don't look that deep into it though. I mean, yeah. it's that too. But if I notice it, I just stop. It's just it's as easy as it starts. It could just be. It could stop. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like every once in like every one out of a thousand times, I might actually really be mad at something yeah. that they say. Um, there's a few chapters in my book where I talk about this transition where we go from under underground to mainstream mm-hmm. and like navigating that transition and what that's like for a brand and, and for a core audience mm-hmm. who's like into your stuff and all of a sudden you're, you're sold out. And for you, early on, I remember when you did that song with Gaga. Right. I felt like that was the first time, like you really transcended the underground and you became like a mainstream pop right. personality. I didn't know anything about the industry at that point. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't really, really understand everything until I was already off Interscope. I was at they were they were trying to make me like a pop artist because I was signed to Mark Ronson. Yeah, and that, like I was the complete opposite of that. You know, my fans was like anti-pop, but I mean at that point I'm like. 23 years old. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know, like, what, that Lady Gaga was like super pop, and this record is like a top 40 attempt. Or yeah. whatever. I ain't know, and the song's still good for all intents and purposes. But adult eyes and what I know now, it went with like Pretty Girls first because it represented DC and it was yeah. urban. It was cool. Yeah, Gucci on it. It was. It was a, it was a that moment. That was a great song. I appreciate it. It was yeah. a moment too, but you know. No, hindsight is but like, do, so we made certain moves that made us more pop in in certain spaces or certain perspectives, and um, at the time they were uncomfortable. But I don't, in hindsight, I don't really regret any of those decisions now because mm-hmm. I feel like they got us to where we had to go, right? right like, absolutely. I, I absolutely needed to to get that boost Expand. in order for us to still yep. survive and and exist today. Like, do you feel the same way about some of those decisions? Like, do you regret any of those decisions, or do you look back on it uh, now and be like? I'm glad that it got me worried. I probably made some of the bad decisions that uh, I'll probably address later in my career. But one of the bad decisions I've made was saying things that I could address later in my career. Like <laughs> so, choosing to work with certain uh, artists? Just, or Just business moves and people that, that that have been around. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's hard, right? So you're, you're a young artist. Mm-hmm. You move from D.C. You're coming up in the game. And then all of a sudden, especially in, in L.A., and I only know this because I live here and um, I see this happen all the time, but everyone all of a sudden has their hands in your pockets. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, even if they seemingly have your best interests in, in mind and then heart, like what they're really trying to do is they're trying to make a livelihood for themselves as well. Absolutely. Um, but that also like hurts a lot of your artistic integrity. It also, you get exploited in the many morale, ways. Right? Everything. It just sucks yeah. your energy out. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard to, 
Is was it hard to like trust? Uh, it's, it is. Yeah. It's, just, it, it's progressively harder to trust. It's trauma. When you get yeah. when you get screwed over a couple of times, there's a lot of trauma behind that that goes into the next you know decision you make, in, especially in business. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's trauma. Like there's no other word to describe it. Like yeah, you know, in our brand, we look back on those early years and they're like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to go back there because there were a lot of there's a lot of uncertainty in yeah, what we were doing, one. right? Mm-hmm. But I had a lot of fun and like there were like when I in my book, if you read it, the last like five to seven years really aren't in there because we're just like a polished business now, right? right. Like I have a schedule, I have an assistant, I show up, I do my work, mm-hmm. I do great work. Our stuff is like pretty good quality now. Like mm-hmm. there's not a lot of errors like that I have to fix. So all the hardship and struggle and like even the fun stuff happened early in the brand. Like, do you, is it the same way in music? Like, do you look I'm back trying. on that's, 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 uh, that's, I did to be able to run like a machine like that and yeah. everything in, in sync like that. Yeah. That, that'll be great for me. Cause then I'll be able to start doing more, more things like, and get that newness again. Yeah. But it's hard though. It's a lot of moving pieces, you know, in, in, in any business, but in hip hop, I think it's especially a lot of moving pieces. To try to build that infrastructure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of people think that this shit is overnight now. A lot of people, like, you know, it's hard to even get a personal assistant that's not trying to A, be like Diddy tomorrow. Yeah. Or like still. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or just get all your connects and leave. Like, it, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. Interesting. Um, what Have you learned a lot of the business side of, of your career and how to, you know, be an artist in this industry by... Just being around, like, have you had to take on a lot more of that? Uh, I mean, just, you know, I learned a lot from, like, just my early years, like, touring with Jay-Z. Like, well, like I learned a lot about just being a, being a superstar and, like, you know, or, 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 you know, being a businessman. And then learning a lot from Ross right after, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's things that those dudes do that are so great that I'm still not that great at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I definitely got gained a lot of perspective yeah and you it's so funny like when you're growing up and you you're looking at all the artists right you always think like they're completely in control and that like they're determining like their destinies and and defining like where they're headed and i feel like the older i get and i realize like a lot of times these artists are used as like pawns and puppets in order for like the system or for like the managers or for whoever to get you know whatever they need to get and like i don't know i feel like you've done a pretty good job of shirking a lot of that and, and getting to a point where I feel like you are in control a lot of like your career and like the music that you're making. And you seem pretty comfortable, like in your lane. Um, do you feel like it was always that way? Or do you feel like I mean, that's it's, something it's that you had to, I'm not yeah. all like, I'm not as much like creatively. I'm not in as much control as I've, I've been yeah. uh, right now, but I mean, it's give and take. You got to take the good with the bad you know, or you're just going to be stagnant. You know yeah. And I can't, I pick your battles, you know. Yeah, how do you uh, how do you feel about the n- next wave of rap right now, or like the current wave, and how people get into the the industry in general? Like how it's, 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 it's completely it's, different. It is different. Um, and the, the the hardest part about it's all the, marketing the, based, the, more the, or less. The, like the, branding the hardest and, part about the music business is that it's like it's such a lucrative business, but it's completely based on opinions and yeah. not. Definitive, nothing definitive. Like if you play football and you rush for 150 yards a game, 
you're going to probably, you know, you're, you have to win MVP. You have to win or you have to win the best offensive player of the year. You have to because yeah. the number. But you could, you could be, God forbid, like uh, uh, the most horrible human being. But you have to get this award because you did it. You're still here, mm-hmm. right, 10, 15 years later. It's because I'm extremely right? talented. But, but it's not just, it's not, you are extremely <laughs> no, talented, no, but, but I mean, it's not just talent, yeah, right? But you got to, I mean, like I said. It's like, perseverance. Yeah, you do got to persevere over that. And yeah. sometimes you got to work twice as hard. Because yeah. of things are, that are against you. So, I mean, if you put my catalog in the past five years against a lot of my peers' catalog, I, I can quadruple their work. Exactly. And I might not be as high up on the chain as them for whatever reason, but it's because of perseverance you got to do that. Yeah. And sometimes you just got to come to grips with it's not about the music. Like, I wish it was. If it was all about the music, man, you know, a lot of things would be different. You'd be you know? the Beatles at this yeah, point. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, we see that, right? And our our brand is, I feel like, parallel mm. in that situation. Like, mm. we've faced so much critique and hate over the mm. years, and the gatekeepers have shut us out, and we're politically, like, misaligned on many levels, right? Mm. Um, but in the same way, like, we just continue to do the work. Like, I just put the blinders on, keep my head down, and continue to make that's work. What, that's what my man just said to me, what, like, two days ago. He was like, just do the I, work. I was just down about something, yeah. and he understood, like, it's not... Like, he get it, though. Like, you know, yeah. he, he was like, you know what? You know, he's been through a lot, too. He's like, you just got to just push through and do the work. Like, you just yeah. got to do it. Like, it's either you're going to do the work or you're not. But you're not going to get, you're not going to get, you're definitely not going to get the results if you don't do the work. Right, so, right. And I mean, it's easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. No, it's true. I always, whenever I feel like I get wrapped up in my ego, and that's like really like reputation, like what people are saying or what they're going to say about the work or, you know, like I'm, I'm hesitant to put something out there because I'm like, oh, it's going to face like this kind of a backlash or criticism. Every time I get caught up in that, I feel like I'm doing the work a real disservice, right? right? Like I'm doing my career a real, real disservice. And at the end of the day, it's really not about my ego or like what anyone says. It's about the work, oh. right? Like the most important, like as artists, like our job here is just to like put good work out into into the universe. It's like all we're asked to do. Mm-hmm. And if we continue to do that, we can now look up like 10, 15 years later and now you're like an OG in the game, right? right? Like, the, why do you think you're still here today? Divine intervention, luck, prayer. What continues to motivate motivate you to continue on making music? I want to be great at what I do. I want to be great at what I've, what I've given my life to, gave my life to, you know? Yeah. Thanks, Wale. Thank you. That's it for this episode. I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds. Our show was produced by Andrew London and edited by Rachel Kastner and Ivana Tucker. Music by Alexander Spitt. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.